Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex. And this here is the President's Cup preview. We're going to break down the foursomes pairings for Thursday, the players to watch, the players who could disappoint, the future of the event, predictions, all of it. But first, Callaway has developed their longest irons ever in the Rogue ST line. These irons are breaking ground with a high-strength 450 AI face cup that's never been seen before in the industry. Callaway has continued to push innovation through their patented urethane microspheres and have massively increased their precision tungsten weighting. The Rogue ST lineup is available in four options to suit every type of player, including the Rogue ST Max for incredible speed, forgiveness, and performance. They're available now. And for more information, visit CallawayGolf.com. Rex, I must say... Uh, those rogue st max irons uh, and their incredible speed forgiveness and performance uh, certainly sounds like something i need to get my hands on however you and i have just returned to our hotel rooms you and i just did an eight minute segment uh on live from uh, hearing words we have never heard before which were you guys have tons of time no one has ever said this in golf channel in the, in the history of tv no in the history of tv forget about golf channel forget about you except and when, the history except of when TV. Brand, brandall's opening segment of live from the post game show those <laughs> tend to go those tend to go deep but to give us two knobs eight unadulterated minutes uh seemed very foolish uh seems like a poor use of time to be honest with you however i thought well twofold here one is only you could come off eight full on an on a in uninterrupted minutes on live tv and be like ah i didn't get to this thought or that thought somehow oh, i had, i was just getting started okay well that that's the problem then because normally you you have to do this in small windows normally it's 90 second bites two minute bites if you're lucky you get three minutes you never get eight minutes so if you can't spit out everything that was on your tiny little pea brain in eight minutes that's kind of on you pal i didn't i i had i didn't even get to set my international player to watch uh, I didn't get to button it up with uh, the column that I'm going to be writing tonight uh, for GolfTrail.com, uh, which, which is about the uh, Americans' uh, basically desire to crush their competition. Uh, and we're going to get into why that's even a little bit of a topic. I must say, Rex, uh, you and I both had to dress up in suits. It's 95 degrees uh, today in Charlotte. Your suit looked impeccable. I don't know where you got it. I don't know when you got it, uh, but it's it good. looked fresh. It looked new. Uh, it was it was vibrant. It was it was popping on TV. You, you're having fun with this, and you think I'm not going to do it. So we're going to go ahead and, and peel back a little bit of the of the veil here. And I'm just going to let you know. We were told on last Friday, so just last Friday, we all we both got on a plane on Monday morning that we would not be doing TV this week for a number of different reasons. I mean, the windows are small this week. I don't think there's a pregame show starting tomorrow through Sunday, and you know there's a lot going on. And I think both of you, you and I had the same reaction. Oh, okay. Plenty of time to write, plenty of time to report, plenty of time to break down exactly what's going on at the President's Cup. I think we were actually giddy over the idea. And then we found out when we arrived that we did, that we, they were going to need us for TV today after they announced the foursome's pairings for day one. They told us on Sunday night, we, we were leaving Monday morning. You and I both left Monday morning. We were informed Sunday night we would not be needed. Yes. And the problem with that is, and I would love to, to get some sort of feedback from the folks out there because we do appreciate your feedback. We like to hear what you have to say. And in this particular case, had I shown up today with just a normal 
polo footjoy golf channel shirt on that you have seen us wear a thousand times they give them to us we're mandated to wear in loads we have dozens literally dozens yes if we if if i were to just show it up today and did tv with just this shirt on would would it would i have come across as less convincing or less knowledgeable or uh, someone who shouldn't have been authoritative yes because here's what happened. I, we found out on Monday that, yes, indeed, you guys will be on TV. And because this qualifies as a big event, that we have to wear suits and ties. Well, I it did is not a big bring event. a suit It's the President's Cup. It is a big event. No, I, I agree entirely. You did. To, to your credit, you did bring the tie and you did bring the jacket. Good for you. I did not. I didn't think it was going to be an issue. I thought we could find some someone somewhere oh. that I could just borrow oh. a jacket. Narrator. Turned into a big Nader, thing. Narrator, Colin. It was an issue. It was an issue. It, it was very much an issue. And so I, if you know me, if you spend any time around me, I do not like being the squeaky wheel. So today, in the middle of the day, getting ready for the President's Cup, which you said, and I agreed, is a big event. I went back out, I got in my car, and I found the closest Joseph A. Bank store. And I bought a jacket, and I bought a, a shirt and a tie. And I will say this. Uh, I b- believe his name was Brian, who helped me. Brian, you were fantastic. Thank Brian, you so much shout for out help. to Brian. Real hero. Yeah. Yeah, at South Park right there in Charlotte. If you happen to be listening, Brian, thank you so much. I will say this. The look on his face when I walked into that Joseph A. Bank and barked with no small amount of aggravation because nothing against Brian. This wasn't on you, Brian. This is all on me. Uh, I'm projecting here that you were you were awesome. Barking, I need a jacket. I need a shirt. I need a tie. Chop, chop. Let's go. I need it now. And he was awesome. And he, he just started throwing things at me. And it was, okay, I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll take this. The only time that we kind of ran into it is he got really, really picky about what tie I wanted to take. And after about five Post. minutes, I just ties, ties are personal preference. You, you, one, one person's preference is, is not another person's. We all have different likes and dislikes. Yes. And so I just grabbed a tie, shook my head like, Brian, we're done. here. Like, appreciate your time. Appreciate your help. Anyway, I wanted so badly. And if you, if you've ever done TV or if you listen to what we have to say, it, it's like a 50, 50 split of being in that TV window and you showing up in your coat and your tie and ready to go. And they tell you, Hey, we're tight. We're short. We ran long. Sorry, but we'll get you next time. Next time. Next time. Yeah. And so I wanted so badly for us to get bumped. Not only did we not get bumped, we actually got eight minutes. We were told to talk as long as we wanted again, which never happens in TV. I wanted so badly to get bumped because if you feel like we've talked too long about this already, it would have been an hour long podcast about how I went and bought a jacket <laughs> for a TV hit that didn't happen. We did the TV hit. I actually liked the jacket. I wanted to buy one, like it. Uh, again, uh, jump up in my minchies if, uh, if you like it, if you don't like it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but it was an eventful day. The big question, will you expense this travel slash work-related expense? Uh, I will not. No, absolutely not. I mean, coward. no, you can't. Coward, well, folks. You, He's a you coward. You can't. No, no, and I don't want this to come back and bite you because you seem to be a little willy-nilly with the corporate card than I am. Uh, I will say this. I, I had a rash. I had a rash that needed to be addressed. And, and I think that type of cream qualifies as a personal expense. If you were home, you would, gone, you would have gone and bought. I couldn't have worked work. without my cream. Uh, uh, I think you could have. I think you're overstating this quite a bit. And, and. How do we know? Ex- so the, the, cream, the cream kept it under control. How do I know it wouldn't have spiraled out of control? And we are expected to provide our own clothes in this particular case. Like there was a time when we got clothing allowances. We don't get those anymore, but there is still an expectation. And you gladly would have provided those clothes had you been told that you needed a jacket. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not, even, I'm not going down this road 
expert again. I think we've covered it very, very well. I will not be, an exp I won't be expensing it. And I just want to get that out there because I've gotten so many emails from the accounting department at NBC Universal. And I'm begging you, please, I'm not going to expense this. I would never expense it. Please, please, please stop with the emails. Just, just please. I can't, I can't do this anymore, man. Like I, I follow the rules very much. If something's questionable, I'll gladly reach into my own wallet like I did today. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Joseph A. Bank. But I, I don't want to get any more emails. Please. Folks, hit him up at Rex Hogger GC. Let, let him know what you think of his suit. Let him know what you think of Brian. Uh, and let us know uh, generally, do you think that we should be wearing suit jackets or is it is a golf polo uh, more appropriate for, for both of us who are in the field, uh, slaving in the sun, uh, trying to bring uh, insight to you folks, not just uh, on the podcast, uh, which we absolutely love doing, but also on, on linear television and, of course, uh, on our home, away from home, golfchannel.com. Make sure you find us in the mentions and let us know uh, what you think. I can't wait until the time codes are uh, printed out for this podcast. Jason <laughs> does a great job. Uh, processing Jace. this this process each and every single week and he has you know he punches out you know it, it, the ad read starts at 50 seconds and then he talked about you know assuming we're going to get to there uh, president's cup predictions at like the 47 minute mark and he's just there's just going to be a gap there's just gonna be like a 12 minute gap about what do we talk about during there before we actually get Suits. to the to the president and folks right now, a bank yeah yeah uh, jason mark mark the time right now we are going to begin to talk about the President's Cup. Hey, it kicks off on Thursday. This is one of the greatest American teams ever assembled. There is the international side uh, with eight newcomers, along with Adam Scott, who is making his 10th, count them, 10 appearances for the international side, uh, has basically tasted nothing but misery, except for that one tie long ago rex what have been your impressions over the past three days at quail hollow club i challenged you you before we went on air today and we were trying to come up with we didn't we didn't anticipate eight minutes so you and i scrambled a little bit to try to figure out okay what kind of content can we possibly provide for eight minutes and and i hit and i slapped you across the face with okay paint me a picture of how the internationals could win this and you 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 smiled you look down, you look sideways, you got a little nervous, you started to sweat a little bit, I could tell, because your immediate reaction- I was sweating because I, I was in a suit, of course, at 95 yes. degree heat. Well, but your reaction was, was all I needed to know. You cannot paint a picture of how this happens with the internationals. As much as it, I wanted to. That's not true. Well, I can, I, I, I'm not sure I would do it with a straight face. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we can always do anything, because we- we talk. And so yes, you and I both can sit here and come up with a way that the internationals can do it. I wrote a column sort of leaning into the idea that I like Trevor as a captain. Even the hand he's been dealt with losing essentially the vast majority of the core of his team, which is why when he took the job, he felt like whatever happened back in 2019 at Royal Melbourne, I have a reason to be optimistic because these players, thanks to Ernie Elves, then the captain, have come up with a formula that we can be competitive. Maybe we don't win, but we keep it competitive. It gets to Sunday. We're having conversations. Matches are being played. Things are interesting. Because of Live Golf and because he's lost almost all of that core outside of really Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama, now we're trying to come up with another way of doing it. And I, I can, I could do it, but I'm with you. I don't know if I could do it with a straight face. And this is no disrespect to Trevor. I think both of you walked out of that press conference, both of us walked out of that press conference yesterday wildly oh, like ready, ready to run through a wall for Trevor Elliman. 
I, I actually, in the middle of that press conference, I texted a, a representative from the PGA of America who does a lot of work with the Ryder Cup team. And I texted him and I said, you're in the back of the room right now trying to figure out how to make Trevor Immelman the next U.S. Ryder Cup captain. Now, of course, he can. He's, he's South African. But that's how impressive he was. That said, I just don't know how he does it. Well, here's how he does it. Okay. Here is the blueprint. Do you believe if it? If you look at this international team, He's got one, two, three, four, five. I would say six guys on his team who I would call them studs. They may not be, you know, Jordan Spieth level superstars yet, right? They may not be accomplished players like Scotty Scheffler or Xander Schauffele or Patrick Cantley. They're, they're getting there. I would call many of them ascendant. When you're looking at Sung J.M., you're looking at Tom Kim, you're looking at Taylor Pendrith, who at 30, uh, was a PGA Tour rookie this year. I would call those ascendant players on the PGA Tour. The recipe for this international team to win, and I do, I do think they can win. Obviously, I do not think they will, but I do think they can if those guys absolutely ball out. If you have some of these players on the international side play the best week of their life, you know, make a bunch of birdies, go four and one, Maybe even a couple of them go 5-0. and oh. Obviously, that's dependent on how their partner plays as well. And if they get a little bit of help from the American side. Talking to Xander Shoffley, uh on Wednesday afternoon, actually just before we did uh, the pairings and then our hit. He said uh, they actually had been struggling the last two days in their matches. They lost both of them. Maybe that carries over to the competition. Who knows? Jordan Spieth. Uh, is, is said his game is still a little bit of a work in progress, seemed to click on something with swing coach Cameron McCormick uh, just last week. If he puts Justin Thomas, who has a phenomenal record in Ryder and President's Cups, if he puts him in some bad positions in alternate shot or he doesn't make enough birdies on his own ball and four balls, sure. Maybe that uh, very heralded pairing loses as well. Colin Morikawa uh, chipping in Bermuda uh, is not a strength for him. If Tony Finau and Max Homa, who I think when you look at that pairing, uh, Rex, I, I asked Tony how he thought uh, those two games would, would suit together. He said, we're both coming off the best years of our career, uh, very motivated and have a lot of momentum. Maybe, maybe that somehow stalls out here. Maybe Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, who are best friends, maybe somehow that doesn't work. Look, that's the blueprint. They need the Americans to be off. A little bit off, a decent amount off, probably. And if, if the six players on the international side, who they really need to count on, I'm talking Hideki, Sungjae, Corey Connors, Tom Kim, Taylor Pendrith, and Adam Scott. If those six players, who I would consider the core of that team, if they, if they ball out this week, yeah, they, they, they can do it. There's a lot of maybes. You slap me across the face with like 12 maybes I started counting. Like, I, I see what you're saying, we're and I know, we're and I know what you're doing, and you're not wrong. We're taping this on Wednesday. No, and you're not wrong, and, and I'm going to be a little bit more precise than you are. I mean, you're just kind of throwing out some scenarios, and I, I get where you're coming from, and it, it is difficult to do. I'm going to go straight to it, and it's they have to win tomorrow morning. I mean, tomorrow's session. That's it. That's the end of it. Like, if you don't win, you're not going to find a way to do this, and that sounds ridiculous because there's so much golf to play after Thursday's foursome session, but they're awful. I told, no, I totally, I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, the internationals are awful in this event when it comes to foursomes play. It's 83 and a half points. 
the Americans have earned versus 49 and a half. This hasn't been close, and it's always a day one issue, and they run up against foursomes, and they immediately get all of the life taken out of them. Or they find a way to be competitive in this particular format, and it's right there written in the history. In 1998, that's the only time they've ever won both foursome sessions in, in, a, in a single match. They've only won five outright foursome sessions in the history of the matches, but 98 is also the only time they've ever won this event. So it gives you an idea versus 2017 when they lost the opening foursome session three and a half to one and a half, and it was never competitive and it was almost over on Saturday. I can keep going on and on and on. The ones that are competitive are the ones that they find a way to make the foursome sessions. If not even, then they win. And it's just very, very difficult for them. Now I was trying to dig down on that today and get an idea of what do you do? Like, show me how you turn this thing around. And I asked Mike Weir, one of the vice captains, and he was very cryptic, but he was optimistic. He says he f- they feel like they've got some sort of solution. Looking at the pairings. What's that, that solution, out, Mike? I, yes. Looking at the pairings. Now, I will give them credit. Like, they have la- laid down the gauntlet. They realize exactly what I just explained. That if we don't find a way to at least split Thursday's foursome session, that we're not going to win this. So they, they're sending out Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama in the very first match of the day. Now, I don't know if this actually backfired on them because in an interesting twist, and this is the part we love or I love about the president's cup is captain Davis love deferred the opening pick. So he forced Trevor's hand and Trevor of course had an idea. And the idea is I'm doing my best, most experienced by far team at them who is Adam Scott Hideki Matsuyama, which only allowed Davis to counter with, okay, I'm going to throw Xander and Patrick Cantley at you, which is the Americans best team in this format by far. So I'm not quite sure it's going to work, but if it is, it's going to start right there. It, it, and you make, you make great points there. Um, and you look back at 2019, and although they began with four balls, which is a, a, a much more uh, familiar format for these guys, they're playing their own ball, make a bunch of birdies. Uh, these are 24 of the best players in the world. Like These guys are going to make birdies on their own balls. However, the, the, the larger point remains that they began that session with a four to one lead. They were leading the Americans four to one after the opening day. That just creates a scenario where they can begin to play with freedom. They can begin to play with confidence. It certainly puts the Americans in a position with which they are not familiar. And that's where they have to trail. There's a little bit of looking around like, Hey, what's going on here. They're coming off remember 2017 where they came within a point of wrapping up the title on Saturday. And all of a sudden, you know, people are questioning Tiger Woods and some of the decisions that he's making as the playing captain. Has he taken on uh, too much? Why is he, is he not playing enough? So like all of these questions started to swirl just because the internationals jumped out to the lead. It is ironic too, Rex, because when you look at the Americans in the Ryder cup foursomes play has always been, their bugaboo, the reason why they've, um, they've, they've struggled now they begin to turn the tide over the past couple of years, but they've traditionally struggled in that format because they do not play alternate shot well, while the Europeans uh, seem to excel in that format. That's been a preview item uh, for ages uh, when it comes uh, to examining why uh, the American Ryder Cup team uh, has struggled as they have. And so I, I'm with you. Thursday is vitally important. For the internationals, if if they fall four to one after the opening session, it becomes, you know, here we here we go again. And that that kind of mindset 
becomes pervasive. Instead, it's the Americans who have all the confidence, all the momentum heading into heading into four balls, which is a format that they, uh, I, I would think they would feel even better about their chances than they do uh, in alternate shot. And then it just sort of starts snowballing from there. So yeah, what's, so, so when you look at, when you look at the matchups and we're not going to read them out, uh, you can go to golfjail.com and have an accompanying piece uh, for this. What's your prediction for what the scores going to look like after day one? I think three, two in the USI. Cause look, I, I can make an argument that somehow that these uh, it, it's not going to come early because I, I will read these out. So it's Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas the Americans in the second group out. So essentially what Davis Love said is, okay, we're going to put it at you. We're going to put it on you from the very start, and let's see what you have. If you really have any kind of confidence, this is what you're going to have. And really, three to two in my mind is very optimistic because I just don't know. There's just too many rookies. There's too many unknowns on the international side to lean into this. Now, there are some opportunities there. Like I I think you pointed out Taylor Pendrith, who is a great story. By the way, like sitting, listening to him talk today and, and walk his way through, as you pointed out, a 30-year-old rookie and all of the injuries he went through, like it's a, it's a really cool story. Like it's one of those stories that you look forward to write. And certainly Mito Pereira, he, they're going to make a, a good team. I just don't know. Tony Finau plays really well in this thing. And Max Homa is coming straight off a PGA Tour victory. I just don't see how that plays out. And this being said, I mean, there is going to be an angry executive at, at golf channel because i'm going to say this if they don't find a way to win tomorrow it's not going to be a match and i i know i'm not supposed to say that and i i know it's ridiculous if it's if it's th- if it's three two which is actually it's better than enough. they usually have i mean look at 15 over it's the past 15 years they have lost they have lost by 30 points in foursomes alone over the past 15 years yeah it's not close and it, it is and it's not good and and I, my argument is in i heard this from trevor emma yesterday yesterday i heard it from adam scott two weeks ago in London, when I was trying to get the same answer out of him that I asked you, as far as give me that blueprint, like write this down on a piece of paper, how you get from where you are right now, which is a team filled with rookies, filled with unknowns to an unprecedented victory and probably a historic comeback for a historic underdog. And he actually leaned into the idea that because they have so much inexperience and because of the rookies, that that's what they're going to do. Go out. No one expects you to win. Just go play free. Have fun. Don't worry about if you win. Don't worry about if you lose. You make a bogey, you hit a bad shot. Just be done with it. Just have fun and enjoy this moment. If they can find a way to do that, I'm intrigued by it. And I, I my column yesterday was kind of based on the idea of Nick Saban's rap poison, right? Like when Trevor was asked about, mm, you're the underdogs, right? Absolutely. Give me all of it. Like, I'll take all of that underdog talk and I'll throw it right in my, my team's face because I want them to know that you're not supposed to win this. Go out and prove them wrong. And they, everyone has said the right thing, but I do believe it. These are professional athletes and they have a pride and they do want to go out and they do want to do the show me. I can compete against JT and Jordan. I can compete against Xander and Patrick Cantlay in this format. I don't know if they can. I, I don't think they can, but that's, that's the game plan. Well, you make you make a good point. I mean, it's there's there's eight newcomers here on the international side that don't carry the baggage that maybe an Adam Scott or even a Hideki to a lesser extent would feel when it comes uh, to this uh, uh, event. And and look, no one does expect them to win. However, this is 18 hole match play. These are still 12 of the best players in the world. If there's any format in which they would have a better chance to win against the Americans, it would be match play. 
if this was the old NCAA championship format, I'll, I'll kick it back to there where it's, you know, uh, Oklahoma state, for instance, sends out five guys and they count the low four scores. And that's, you just add them up over 72 holes. And that's how they determine the NCAA champion, like the best team all year long, typically won that tournament. It was very easy to predict who was going to play. Well, there are very few surprises. Once that championship then evolved into a match play uh, to determine the champion with, with the top eight seeds, uh, from stroke play going into the match play bracket, that's when you started to have some chaos. That's when you started to have some weird things happen. This, the President's Cup is essentially that on steroids with better players. And so if there's any format in which they can hold their own against the Americans, who have, I believe, a 35, uh, an average 35 uh, position gap on the international side in terms of world ranking, it would be in this sort a format. Rex, how about some uh, breakout players, some players you're keeping your eye on uh, on both sides? Let's start with the Americans. Uh, for me, it was Max Homo. And that's, I think we talked about this on air. I, I just love his energy. I love that sort of that youthful, and I don't even know how, how youthful he is kind of compared to some of the other players he's 31. on the team. 31. But he's, a, actually, he's actually one of the oldest a, players on the team. There's an exuberance about him that's undeniable. We saw it yesterday, certainly him talking about it the last few weeks of trying to make that team. He just won on Sunday. I mean, I think it, it, it was such a special moment when Davis Love showed up at the airport early Monday morning at 2.30 a.m. Monday morning. Davis Love got out of bed, went to the airport, and helped Max pack everything up, get it in, the, in his courtesy car, get him checked into the airport. I, I think he's just been, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but certainly he's savoring the moment. And I would probably say the same thing about Billy Horschel. Like, look, you, if you spent your whole life dreaming about this and you finally get here, I, I would like to think that you're going to take take a moment and just absorb it all. And I, I love the idea that he's walking around this week and he looks like a tourist. Like, I'm not even – that's not a, not, not a knock against him. I'm sure he's spending plenty of time learning the golf course, which he doesn't have to learn. He's got a great record at Quail Hollow. I'm sure he's spending plenty of time working on his game. But, man, I, I love how he's just digging into, I'm going to make the most of this. That's a great pick. And you brought up Billy Horschel, who is my player to watch for the Americans. We have not seen him in a U.S. team competition since uh, the 2007 Walker Cup. You might remember that one. It was pretty infamous. Rory McIlroy is on that uh, team for oh, the sure, and right. and And, look, he, he was rankling opponents. He was very fiery, very obnoxious. And we have been clamoring over the past decade, uh, particularly since 2014, when he went on that run in the FedEx Cup playoffs, but the, the timing of the picks didn't work out that he was left off that team. They had to have the Billy Horschel rule uh, then put in place. Like we, we have wanted to see what Billy Horschel would do when he got into a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup. We finally have that opportunity, and Billy Horschel is sitting in the opening session. I was a little bit surprised by that I, I i thought you may sit tony finau and max homa to allow kids uh, kevin kisner and billy horschel to play uh get them uh get them into the action early this is second this is the second uh, president's cup uh for kevin kisner obviously they have him on this team uh for his putting excellence billy horschel is on this team not just uh for his for his fiery demeanor uh but also uh, his accuracy and his precision uh, with some of his scoring clubs. I would have loved to see it because Billy Horschel can talk about how he has matured, how he's evolved, how he's a, he's a team first guy, how he just wants to play whatever role that Davis Love wants to have him. However, you get him in a tense match 
you get him in some sort of rules uh, fiasco that could uh, unfold as we've seen uh, in these sorts of biennial competitions. Everything goes out the window. Billy Horschel could absolutely fly off the handle. He could be part of some sort of controversy. I want to see uh, that fiery Billy Horschel that we know and love on the PGA Tour. So I was a little bit surprised to see him on the bench because I wouldn't actually think, Rex, I'm curious your thoughts on this as well, if if Billy and Kiz, uh, assuming they then do go together, perhaps they're going to split them up. You could see Billy Horschel with Sam Burns. Uh, you could see Kevin Kisner as we saw him uh, today in a practice round. Uh, with Cameron Young, uh, so potentially they could be split up in that. Uh, I wouldn't think they're best suited for four balls, actually. I would have thought they would have been a very good alternate shot team. Well, and it's interesting because I was kind of looking at that as I was sort of trying to break down in the heat of the moment exactly what they're doing. So the idea here, and, and if you're going to look at Quail Hollow, which is a known commodity, I mean, we know exactly what Quail Hollow is because we play here every year for the Wells Fargo Championship. I was talking the stats guy, and I think this is analytics-driven, at least from some of these pairings that we didn't expect. J.D. Jordan, that's easy. Xander Pat, that's easy. But there is such a distance Burns bias is easy. on this. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is such a distance bias on this particular golf course, and I kind of broke it down this way. Like, at Corey Connors is the best when it comes to strokes gain off the tee on the international side. He's, he's fifth last year in that category. M was eighth. In that category, and Pendrith, who is a rookie, and you would think, well, maybe he would sit him for foursomes, the more difficult masher. of the two. He's he needs to play all five. He's a masher. So I think what Trevor has done here is he's looked at exactly what this course demands, and he doesn't care because he's got eight rookies, as you pointed out. He doesn't care, as opposed to the U.S. side, where and you bring up Billy, and it's a very, very good point. But Billy is towards the bottom half of the, of the field when it comes to strokes gain off the field. He's fiftieth, which is by far the worst of that team when it comes to, uh, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Worst of Kiz? After Kevin Kisner. Yeah, yeah. After Kevin Kisner. That's incorrect. So I can see exactly where both sides are coming from here. They're just leaning into this. Now, again, Davis loves jobs easier because you have Pat and you have JT and Jordan. So those are easy. Just pencil that in. Tiger Woods is going to text you, you know, this morning and be like, Hey, you got this, right? Like th- <laughs> these two are obvious. You're not going to screw this up. Right. And then it's right. Like, this is this is pretty straightforward, right? And I'm I, I just I, you can see how this is going. Like Cam Young was second last year and strokes came off the tee. I know he's a rookie, but man, that's easy. He's not, yeah. Like he's a he's a rookie in name only. Kind of like Scotty was a rookie uh, in name only. He was a top fifteen player in the world uh, when he arrived at that Ryder Cup uh, last fall. You do make a good point about distance. You look at the international team and the and the guys who are sitting. It's Christian Bezaden who who's probably the shortest. Hitter. He's, he's basically their Kevin Kisner and Sebastian Munoz, who I would argue uh, came in with the worst form, a player who I actually would have liked to see uh, kept at home in favor of a Ryan Fox, who absolutely hits the snot out of the golf ball. And so as much as Billy Horschel and, Kev- and Kevin Kisner in two of the three practice rounds that I watched so far this week at Quell Hollow were playing together, as in like playing a match against the other two players in that group, they actually make more sense split up now that i now that i hear it billy horschel will play with sam burns at some point we are uh, very much anticipating and i think cameron young could play with kevin kisner uh sean martin our buddy over at pjtour.com had had a great tweet in relation to cameron young and the colin morikawa pairing that we're going to see for the u.s 
uh, enforce them. So he said that's basically like build a golfer profile, right? Like Cameron Young would be a guy who, if you're building the ultimate driver of the golf ball, you'd probably pick Cameron Young. If you're building a guy who you want to have the most precise iron shots, you would pick Kyle Morikawa. Well, if you pair Cameron Young, the best driver of the golf ball, with the best putter on that U.S. team, it would be Kevin Kisner. So I kind of like the the blending uh, of those styles as it relates to Billy Horschel and Sam Burns. Those are two players who have uh, had a ton of success uh, in the team format uh, since it switched to that at the Zurich Classic a, a, as well. So it's it's hard to quibble, isn't it, Rex, with some of these pairings. And as Davis Love says over and over again, his most difficult thing is deciding which two players he's going to have to sit off on this all-star team. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't easy. And to that point, and, and Kevin Kisner did this, which normally they don't give away too many secrets. And I feel like he kind of gave this one away when it comes to this particular format tomorrow on foursomes about even odds is kind of the bigger, bigger decision. He goes, but even that has been made up for us. And like we pressed him and he explained that if you're evens, that means you're going to have 14 birdie putts. And if you're odds, that means you're going to tee off on every par three. It's as straightforward as that. So if you're the good ball striker, you're going to be evens. And if you're the good putter in Kiz's case, you're going to be, be the odds. I mean, it's just, it's so straightforward and you have to give Davis love and the rest of that team credit. Now I, I told you to, to make sure in this particular process, and this one's different when they, when they select the teams that you kind of get the back and forth, you can match each other. And as I pointed out, Davis deferred, he obviously wanted to see what Trevor had up his sleeve for that first pick. The best part of all that was, and I told you to watch this was watch Freddie Cubbins. Watch him just sort of interact, not, not necessarily with the other vice captains and the, and the captain, but interact with the crowd. He looks at his phone. He seems a little indifferent, like he's kind of amused. And then suddenly Davis will ask him something and he'll lock in and he'll make a joke and they're all laugh. And then Freddie will be back on his own thing. That is the best part to me of the pre- president's cup. I, I cannot tell you how much I love those sessions of Freddie just sort of being Freddie, and then he'll lock in for three seconds, make a joke, shrug, walk away. Coolest guy in the room. There seems to be a, a growing drumbeat of Freddie for 2025 talk. As we all know, Freddie Couples has never been named a U.S. Ryder Cup captain, although he has been highly successful as the U.S. President's Cup captain. I believe he was the winning captain, what, three times? This is like his fourth go-around as an assistant. He is absolutely beloved by all of the players, young and old. What do you think, Rex? Could Fred Couples be a viable candidate for 2025? Because that was supposed to be Phil's. That was supposed to be Phil Mickelson's shot at the captaincy. Obviously, that's not going to happen anymore. To me, it's either it's either Freddie or Tiger. Uh, I've, I've said on this podcast, uh, I believe a couple of times, that I believe Tiger Woods should be the de facto captain uh, for Team USA uh, for as long as he wants. Give him the give him the, the captaincy each and every time the U.S. has a team competition. However, what, what do you what do you think? Given Freddie's uh, aloofness, I guess uh, his his tend his tendency to to zone out. Do you think that he could handle? Uh, I would call the two year rigors of being a U.S. Ryder Cup captain. Uh, that's a great question. I hadn't put it in that context of replacing Phil Mickelson because I guess I just hadn't gotten that far along in the road, whatever road we're on right now when it comes to live golf. Of course, Freddie would be an option. I think any of the players, certainly on this team and on past teams, would argue that Freddie is our guy. You, you bring up a good point, though. Like these guys, being a vice captain, 
and you can see it on Freddie's face. Like they love it. Like you're you're in the team room. You have the the fast golf cart, although not as fast as your golf cart. You have the the earbud in. You get Jeff to chime Ogle in every once talk, in a while. Talked repeatedly, Rex, about how nice those club car onwards are. He he said it twice. How much he enjoys the upgrade that Trevor Immelman did with the carts, folks. That is the golf cart that I have at home in Nocte, Although I happen to have a six seater, I'm guessing though, Rex, that they did not pay the nine hundred dollar uh, extra charge to get that thing a double in speed to go from uh, eighteen to thirty six. That's uh, that's good humble brag. I appreciate you went ahead and threw that in there. I was just going to gloss Thank over you. and just keep going Thank with you. my answer. Uh, I, I don't know that Freddie wants sort of everything else that comes along with being a Ryder Cup captain. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He seems like a ready-made assistant. I'm not sure he necessarily wants uh, more. He's kind of that guy who can unlock Patrick Cantley's greatness uh, and keep Xander uh, loose, which is not a very difficult job given how loose Xander already is. And so, yeah, I think Freddie automatic uh, assistant, like in particularly if Tiger is the captain, uh, in 2025, as I would kind of anticipate uh, at this juncture for Beth, Ch- Beth Page Black, he will most certainly have uh, Fred Couples as part of his backroom staff. How about, Rex, some predictions? What are your predictions? Final score? 30, uh, 30 available about, points. 30 available points. I mean, we talked about how important it is for them to get off to a fast start. I just I, – I don't see it happening. I mean, I, I – I'd like to think it's close till Sunday. I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you that, yes, it's going to be an exciting finish because every match on Sunday is going to count. But I, I see another six-point victory. I'm sorry. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say 18 to 12, which is which for us is just dreadful. Like we either it's want terrible. we either want a close match, we want to you know kind of like Royal Melbourne, although I didn't cover it. That was a a, a two-point margin of victory, or we want a blowout like Liberty National coming within a point. Uh, of closing it out on Saturday. Like, I want to see historic domination. I want to see 19 to 9, which is what we saw uh, last fall at the Ryder Cup, although the Americans apparently fell uh, short of their goal. Their goal was to get uh, to 20 points uh, and came up just one point side. And so I want to see the Americans not show any any complacency and absolutely blow them out. Or I want to see the internationals with one of the grittiest, uh, most determined performances uh, of these individual players' careers pull off the incredible upset or or keep it close uh, and really have a lot of momentum as we build towards uh, Royal Montreal uh, in 2024. I promise you, Rex, uh, I will have very good food recommendations uh, for there, having just vacation there with my wife. Now, Rex, let's, let's, say, let's say you and I are both uh, prophets here and we correctly guess that this is another six-point margin of victory, 18 to 12, as it goes to the Americans, which I believe is like the expected point spread, right? Like it's like five and a half or six and a half. Six and a half. Uh, it's six and a half. Okay, so we're, so we're, falling, we're falling right in that line. If this is another blowout, if it's another uh, a very sleepy weekend, if there's no drama or uh, real competitiveness between these two teams, is it time to blow this thing up? Is it time to uh, look at other formats, other compositions? What do you think? No, no, it's not time to blow it up. And, and I know there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of days about maybe including LPGA players. And I'm not entirely against that. I mean, I can see how that has an appeal 
on certain level. I, I just don't think I, I don't think the President's Cup is there yet. And the reason I say that is we pointed out earlier in the podcast that Trevor got dealt a really bad hand by Liv Goff. And so did Davis Love. I mean, look, there's no Bryson, there's no Brooks, there's no DJ. We can keep going on and on. However, it's still clear that there's a there's a core of the American team, not just for these matches, but going into next year's Ryder Cup, that probably would have been the future of the team anyway. And then you add your your Cam Young to the mix. And, and you start thinking, well, maybe we're in a better spot as it is. I would make an argument that if you go back to Royal Melbourne, and again, I talked about what Ernie Els did to try to create some sort of unity, create some sort of identity for this team. I think he did a very, very good job. And, and it was close enough that you and I were interested on Sunday. Like you weren't at Royal Melbourne, but I'm sure you were interested on Sunday because this is close enough. I want to pay attention. Like this could swing very, very quickly. Go back to Korea, I believe back in 2015. I mean, that was that came down to the last match. It was Bill Haas. It was Sangmoon Bay. It was fascinating to me. It was fun to be there. There have been glimmers of hope. I don't think you need to blow it up. I do think, and I think every international captain has made this argument to the PGA Tour, and I have no idea why they keep turning it down. Where go to the same number of points you pointed out that there's 30 points on, you know, that, they, that, that you can win this week. Go back. The Ryder Cup does 28 points, and somehow that one's always close. And for some reason, the international captains feel like that's a better margin because essentially what it does the fewer number is allow the, 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 the more the, the greater number of points, the more the depth yeah. uh, has an has a increased importance. So that's right. And that, that so the international captain can essentially hide, quote unquote, some of those weaker players, whoever those are. And I think there's something to that. I mean, certainly the Europeans figured that out over the last couple of decades you can do that you can give the international captain extra captain's picks you can give them extra support i think there's plenty you can do within sort of the confines of where we are now without blowing it up i understand where the folks who want to blow this thing up stand and why they are saying that they want to do so i mean the americans lead the overall series 11 1 and 1 only a handful of times in this event history has it been really close? I mean, 2015 came down to the final green, right, with Bill Haas. Uh, 2019 was very close. You obviously had the tie uh, two decades ago. And I understand the, the want or the desire to have this as a mixed event. If you look at the top LPGA players, eight of the top 10 players in the world are outside of the United States. And so if you put them... Uh, along with six top international players, and you have an American roster, along with what you know the Corda sisters and Lexi and Cupcho and Danielle Kang. Like I do think that that could be very very interesting. The reason why I don't think that'll ever happen, Rex, is the PGA Tour doesn't necessarily want to share the profits with another organization as they would do with the LPGA, and I don't think this is really a desire among the top players in the world. That's six fewer spots on a cup team that are going to be up for grabs for these guys. And, and look, it, we, you, we talk about the American complacency and the lack thereof. All of these guys, it, it's there's kind of like a bragging rights situation inside the team room. Like those guys want to earn the most points. They want to be the MVP. They want to be the headliner. They don't want to be the guy who earns the fewest number of points. But these are hugely important events for these guys' individual legacies. They want to have good records you look at the americans from the past generation whether it was tiger woods phil mickelson jim furick all those guys had absolutely dreadful individual records 
in team play. It's very important to a Justin Thomas, a Jordan Spieth, uh, a Tony Finau, a Xander Schauffele, Patrick, a Patrick Cantlay, to have uh, really positive, I would even call overwhelming marks when it comes to team play. I think it's a, a kind of a notch in their belt competitively. I think it's important uh, for their legacies as players. It's a potential differentiator when you look uh, at these guys' careers 20, 30 years from now. And so eliminating six spots for the be- for for basically to to make this thing more interesting as opposed to kind of bolstering these guys' individual legacies, I, I think that's a really hard sell uh, for the top 12 Americans in the world. You landed in your happy spot this afternoon, and it was uh, Davis Love finished up his uh, announcement press conference of tomorrow's pairings. And he walked down to essentially the same live shot that you and I were about to do. And I walked up and I started talking to him. So on Monday night, when you and I arrived here, we went to a local barbecue place, Noble. Very, very good. Turns out the American team was having dinner there and they were getting a tour of the place. And look, Davis love is a big barbecue guy. And you walked up and you stumbled into a barbecue conversation with Davis love. And he had zero interest in walking over talking to Todd Lewis about whatever it is Todd Lewis was going to ask him. Like they physically had to move him away from you because he wanted to explain to you exactly the types of grills. Now, neither one of us are home, so neither one of us will be grilling this week. But he was probably looking at me like, I don't know who the hell you are. Do you, you love the barbecue aficionado or do you love golf? He was, he was, very, he was very perplexed by who I, who I actually was. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. He knew who you were. He loved the idea that you, you wanted to dig in on it because you asked him some sort of very barbecue nerdy question about. Oh yeah. Are you a? Yeah. I, I didn't even understand it, but immediately he was set off, and you two were like best buddies from the beginning. He had no interest whatsoever in talking about the Presidents Cup or pairings or anything else. We're talking. We're talking direct flow smoker. <laughs> we're talking about Lang. We're talking about Shirley. He's talking about what he does for pork butts and uh briskets how it's different when he's using his cookers yeah he and i are in hog heaven and when when you and i stumbled upon the u.s team they're getting a guided tour from the pit master at noble barbecue which was absolutely you were so jealous it was fantastic you and i had our ears pressed to the to the to the window trying to glean any sort of insight that the pit master uh was sharing you and i have eaten very well uh so far this week too well some might say uh, in, in general yeah we went to noble barbecue on monday went to midwood uh barbecue on tuesday although my meal was interrupted uh by a serious xm interview you and i however we both we, we we need to switch it up tonight i believe we're going to roosters i believe uh is a name i need to switch i can't have brisket again i can't have ribs again uh i had uh, chopped pork hush puppies i don't even oh i have I had uh, I had coke slathered, burnt uh, ends. Burnt ends. Like yeah. we need we need to switch it up. Some things were grumbling this morning. Uh, you woke up with the meat sweats. Like it's time. Two to, nights in a row. Two nights. Time in to a row, find. It's time to find. Sweats. It's time to find a salad. It's time to find some fish. It's time to find some poultry. Uh, we're just going to switch it up a little bit. But if you got if you guys if you folks have recommendations, please let us know. Please send them our way. We still got a, a couple of nights, and certainly Davis level, I'm sure will will give us plenty of ideas actually the place we're going tonight roosters which is obviously a chicken place it actually is owned by the same guy it noble is his last name so that's why I'm, oh it, yeah so very, that's uh, very, high, very high expectations and uh, very much uh, looking forward to that and, and folks this will probably be the shortest podcast uh in golf central uh podcast presented by Callaway golf history uh we're having internet issues uh got to go to roosters of course i need to crank out a column uh and we can only talk so much 
about five pairings, which is what they have on Thursday, followed by five uh, four balls pairings, uh, best ball on Friday, and then the schedule events uh, for each for each format on Saturday. That's the marathon day, uh, preceded or excuse me, uh, followed by twelve singles matches on Sunday. We can only hope the good of the Presidents Cup. It's actually competitive on Sunday. It'll give us plenty to write about, give us plenty to talk about. We'll do a recap pod on Sunday night of the President's Cup, giving you what you need to know and behind-the-scenes look at all that happened at Quail Hollow. But for uh, that's all for this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. He was, la- he was Rex. I almost said he was Lav. That was Rex. I'm Lav. Make sure you check out GolfChannel.com all of our stories and who knows maybe rex will wear his suit again uh, for a live from hit fingers crossed